Hi everyone, it's Charles here from the GHFC with podcast number two. Today I'm going to share with you a recent uh, reflection on the year that was from one of our UK-based ambassadors, Adrian. Uh, Adrian started life in, in the south of England before heading north to Geordieland, aka Newcastle upon Tyne, and is now based in the very sophisticated city of York. Uh, he's a part-time musician, part-time writer, and as he likes to say, a full-time daydreamer, um, and has recently completed his uh, Master of Arts in English Literature. So creativity is without doubt his strong suit. Currently, he works alongside the, uh, the National Health Service in the UK and uh, as a, an essential worker, um, was included in the initial round of UK COVID vaccinations, uh, which he shares a bit about in this piece. He has his um, own motto, which is, my glass has so often been half empty that I reckon I know what can help it to seem half full. Um, he prefaces his, uh, his feature with this, uh, this note in his email to me. Uh, my point, which hopefully runs through uh, the piece, is that with a little realistic optimism, I was able to get through each stage of the coronavirus crisis, a crisis which could only have a conclusion through a successful vaccination programme. Now that it's here, we can continue to adjust our vision of realistic optimism in looking forward to the future. Adrian goes on to say that he was very keen to get the tone right, as he is one of the most cynical people around. Uh, however, he genuinely uh, has found reasons to be cheerful, and he hopes that it reflects that kind of glass-half-full attitude that we all need, and the kind of attitude that uh, is often the only thing that stands in the way of, him of himself and the abyss. Okay, so here we go with Adrian's feature. Realistic optimism. It says it there, right off the bat, beneath the GHFC signature. Never was so true a phrase needed than it is now. From lockdown to vaccine, it is a course of realistic optimism that I have undertaken to get myself through these troubled times. As we turn into year two of the most significant event in our lifetimes, I need not bore you with a backstory that you all know too well. Indeed, the realm of 24-hour news, incessant social media and a general panic ascribed to the world in which we inhabit have done enough of the worry for us and, and ensure it remains on the back burner, if not a raging, boiling vortex bubbling away on the hob. Therefore, the only useful input I can have are to express things from my perspective and realistically optimistic may explain that perspective rather perfectly indeed. Without wishing to be twee, it is the small stories of humanity and decency that have kept us going through the pandemic. The good news stories from the likes of Captain Tom, the 99-year-old war veteran who's now 100, who raised more than £23 million for the National Health Service, and Aboril Islam Chowdhury, who raised more than £420,000 by walking 970 laps of his garden in, in Bow, East London, during the Islamic Holy Month. These have offered respite from some of the darker realities of our times and the comfort and care from loved ones are cherished now more than ever. They are 
things to be grateful for indeed. And it is the grateful things, however small, we need to ensure we can retain positivity. My girlfriend's parents both continue to work at the coalface on the hospital wards and ambulances that have seen firsthand the true extent of the pandemic. To hear their tales, particularly during the first peak, brought home what could often be forgotten when we were all safe in our homes. There are those of us who feel constricted, and I will not for one second belittle the impact of this global crisis, nor being confined to one's home uh, on one's mental health. Yet we have so much to be thankful for each and every day. That was and is the first cause of optimism. For most of us will not be at the forefront, whether that's in hospitals, care homes, visiting the sick or or working in the service industries and supermarkets that have remained open throughout. I, for my part, continue to be required to go into work at the National Health Service and indeed a workplace with little or no provision for the COVID situation. The routine of hand washing, sanitising, door wiping, etc. became the norm much as mask wearing has since they became available some six months into the pandemic. Those immediately to my right were charged, among other things, with providing the death toll figures for the hospital. Yet even within that, there was cause for optimism. The numbers were low, and although it does not make it any easier for the families, the demographic ending up in hospital matched what we were told on our television screens during the nightly briefings. For most of us, coronavirus would not be lethal. This was realistic, it was fact, and as long as we could steer clear of the vulnerable, its impact should be minimal. As each day passed and the numbers shrank, the projection of my optimism remained not only for myself, but the people I knew, cared about and loved, whether they were shielding, working from home or on furlough. Yes, the numbers began to rise again as restrictions were lifted and incentives were put into place for people to repopulate the social world. But they paled in comparison to testing rates, and so if one kept a clear head, one could sense optimism even through the breakouts and rises in infection. All we needed to do was to hold on until the vaccine came. And lo, here it is just as we were at the tipping point into going into a similar situation to last year and the virus threatens to get out of hand once more. We made it through a very odd Christmas, a Christmas like the rest of the year sponsored by Zoom and Amazon, always success stories to crises and they often tended to be those of big business. At first, the vaccine rollout made for almost irrelevant viewing if you were a child or a healthy adult. However, the idea that the most vulnerable in society would be vaccinated by Easter meant some sense of normality poked its head tentatively above the horizon. Several companies bought out vaccination calculators that could be said to, to be cause for realistic optimism if they hadn't predicted that someone of my age and health would likely to receive their vaccine sometime in September 2021. However, fortunately for me, my occupation said otherwise, and via a stroke of luck for working for the National Health Service, that September 2021 date became January 2021. I received my vaccine at the same time as my grandparents, and to know that they were halfway to being protected from this deathly menace 
led to the biggest sigh of relief of all. And whilst my second and hopefully conclusive jab is three months away, it is on the way and I am lucky that I will be almost entirely immune before most people I know will have begun the process. The vaccination itself remained generally simple, easy, painless and on the whole a jolly nice experience. Perhaps a childhood hatred of injections and the like had given way to an adult sensibility of it's good for you, not to mention you're doing your bit. Sorry anti-vaxxers, the call for unrealistic, unscientific pessimism is not now. Perhaps I am just used to it. As an asthmatic, I am offered a flu vaccination by my GP every year and having worked for the National Health Service for over a decade, I've had a colleague pop a little needle in my arm every year since 2009. This was no different, and yet somehow it was. I had envisioned a hellish queue and a swarm of frightened faces. What I found were warm smiles and a collective atmosphere of those who know the end is in sight. To have the vaccine made me feel like a lottery winner. The system is not without its faults, but the realistic optimism in me defeats the cynic in believing any issues will be ironed out. Of course, it will not be without its flaws and casualties, and each tragedy in trying to do good is no less worthy for it. However, vaccination was realistically the only true horizon of optimism we have had, and now that it is here, we can finally adjust what is realistic and begin to be a little more optimistic in looking towards the future once more. So there you have it. Without doubt, uh, Adrian has succinctly and most eloquently put in words the trials and tribulations that we've all been exposed to as a result of COVID. Uh, My understanding is that both he and his grandparents are are all doing well after their vaccinations. Spirits buoyed uh, with mental health well and truly boosted. I can also add that my mum, uh, also in the UK, has completed her first vaccination, being the Pfizer one, and is looking forward to her second one, especially if being given by the rather dishy doctor who provided the first one. My mother is absolutely incorrigible. Okay, everyone, that's it from the GHFC for our second podcast. Stay mentally well. All the very best. Charles at the GHFC.